Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, December 20th. On this day in 1860, South Carolina became the first U.S. state to secede from the Union. This move came after Abraham Lincoln was elected president. In addition to the Palmetto State, 10 more southern states seceded from the Union during the winter of 1860 and spring of 1861. On this date in 1946, a holiday classic starring Jimmy Stewart had a preview showing for charity at New York City's Globe Theater a day before its official premiere. Can you guess which beloved American Christmas film we're talking about? I'll have that answer in just a bit, but first, let's head over to the First Alert Weather Center for a look at today's forecast. Hey, good Tuesday morning to you. Meteorologist Joey Sofi. Get ready for a chilly day, a cloudy day, raw day out there. Temperatures are going to stay in the 40s throughout the day. Showers become more and more likely as the day wears on. So take the umbrellas with you. Grab the coats as you head outside. Not warming up today. Not warming up much tomorrow as well. Still a few showers around. A couple of showers possible on Thursday as well. We warm up briefly to 64, but a strong cold front comes through first thing Friday morning. First alert weather days. We expect temperatures to drop into the 30s by lunchtime into the afternoon and cold temperatures as we head towards Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. You're listening to Morning Y'all, your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the Low Country's news leader, Live 5 News. Morning Y'all is sponsored by MUSC Health. Join a team that's changing what's possible. MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. Now here's a look at today's headlines. The Charleston Police Department is investigating after a woman says she was assaulted at a homeless shelter in downtown Charleston. Officers say a man hit a woman with a pole of some sort at 180 Place just off Meeting Street. Police say she was taken to the hospital with injuries, but she is expected to be okay. Officials with the Department of Natural Resources are investigating a hunting incident in the Adams Run area near Parker's Ferry Road. Deputies with the Charleston County Sheriff's Office say crews responded to 6601 Parker's Ferry Road around 530 uh, yesterday for a report of a person with a gunshot wound. They say the victim was taken to the hospital. The extent of their injuries is unknown at this time. DNR continues to investigate. In new court documents filed in Colleton County, attorneys for Alec Murdoch are addressing the state's claim that the disbarred attorney murdered his wife and son to distract from his alleged financial crimes. In previous filings, the state pointed to tragedies revolving around Murdoch, including the 2018 death of his housekeeper, the 2019 boat crash that killed 19-year-old Mallory Beach, and several other claims that Murdoch stole millions of dollars from clients. The state used these incidents to allege that Alec killed Maggie and Paul to distract from his financial crimes. Now Murdoch's defense says there's no evidence to support this connection and they're asking that the motion be thrown out. Murdoch's murder trial is set to begin January 23rd. 
A former South Carolina governor is stepping down from his current position as executive director of the United Nations World Food Program. David Beasley has held that position since March of 2017. He agreed to extend his contract until this year to help the international organization navigate a global hunger crisis. Now, the World Food Program won a Nobel Peace Prize under Beasley's leadership in 2020. His term will end in April of 2023. He says the search for the next executive director has started. Dorchester Paws is hosting its first ever angel tree to support local pet families and limit the amount of surrenders they're taking in. Yeah, with the community support, the shelter is going to handle the donations for 12 families by giving them daily pet essentials. Our Lauren Quinlan joins us live this morning. So Lauren, tell us a little bit more about this initiative and how these families were chosen. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, Katie, Aisha, Dorchester Paws officials tell me that these families actually reached out to them for some support, and it's just in time for a new initiative they are launching to help their community. This holiday season, Dorchester Paws is calling on the community to support 12 pet families who can provide a safe and loving home, but are at high risk of surrendering their pet due to a lack of necessities. Danielle Zuck with Dorchester Paws says times have been hard with inflation, the rising cost of living and breed restrictions. She's seen many pet families struggling to care for their animals they've had for years. With these 12 families approaching the shelter, Zuck says they are now able to have the conversation asking people what barriers they face in order to keep their pet in their home. Infrastructure, food and supplies are just a few at the top of that list. We came up with the idea of the community championing other community members. We cannot do this alone. We are the community animal shelter. And truly it comes about that right now the community really needs to help other community members in order um, for these pets to stay in the home because the shelter can only give and do so much. Zuck says they will be accepting donations until tomorrow by 5 p.m. And if you can't make it by Wednesday, they'll be accepting monetary donations online. And by Friday, the families will receive the gifts. In 2023, Dorchester Paws is launching their pet support fund to further help the community in any way that they can. To learn some more about that, click on this story on our website. Reporting for Live 5 News, I'm Lauren Quinlan. All right, thank you, Lauren. Well, Dorchester Paws is not the only local animal shelter looking to help animals this holiday season. The Charleston Animal Society is also working to help as many animals find a forever home. They're going to deliver your new pet right to your doorstep Christmas Eve or Christmas Day as a festive surprise for your family. They're offering waived and reduced fees to make it easier to give an animal in need a home this Christmas. The public is invited to visit anytime through this Friday, December 23rd to adopt. The Goose Creek Police Department is helping 10 local families this Christmas. The department will distribute gifts today as part of its third annual celebration of Operation Christmas Joy. The families were recommended to the department by multiple social advocacy groups. Officers will be helping struggling families with gifts, utilities, and other financial needs. This is all possible through proceeds left over from their annual Hot Pursuit 5K run. The Lens Foundation has partnered with the Daniel Island community and the Charleston Police Department to sponsor the second annual North Pole Day of Giving today. More than $10,000 were raised to provide gifts 
for at least 22 families to support other ongoing initiatives throughout the year. The event provides families in need with gifts for Christmas. Now, children identified, they are identified through schools and other means. Uh, they were allowed to fill out a wish list. The foundation, community members, and police officers then will deliver those gifts off of those lists to those families' homes. The event kicks off this morning on Daniel Island. Overnight lows will drop down to the 20s this week and warming shelters are opening up their doors to those in need and who want a warm place to sleep and eat, especially later on this week. Seacoast Somerville has already opened up their shelter. That address is listed right there on your screen. The center will take in men, women and children for free. No pets are allowed, though. The shelter opens at 9 p.m. and guests will have to leave when the center uh, closes at 7 a.m. They'll be sent off with a to-go breakfast and you can find more information on our website. If you're looking for a new job to ring in the new year, Charleston County's Consolidated 911 Dispatch Center will host open interviews beginning in January. This job offers competitive pay, medical and dental benefits, retirement options and more. Interviews will be in North Charleston at the Charleston County Public Services Building at 4045 Bridgeview Drive on the following dates, January 4th, January 18th, February 1st and February 15th. A high school diploma or GED is required, but no prior experience is necessary. To apply, just visit workfor911.com. Well, the city of Charleston will award up to $25,000 to the town of James Island to identify which areas should seek drainage improvements. Now, the city's Committee on Public Works and Utilities approved an agreement with the town of James Island to work on a drainage study of the Camp Road drainage basin to develop drainage improvements. Now, the drainage area runs around the Bishop Gatson community by Folly Road. The cost share will be about 64% from the town of James Island and about 36% from the city of Charleston. Renters in Charleston and Georgetown counties can now apply for FEMA's Individual Assistance Program. The program aims to help people whose homes and property were damaged when Hurricane Ian hit the area in September. The federal grants can also help pay for temporary housing. The initial rental grant is for a one or two month period, but can be reviewed for further assistance. The deadline to apply to FEMA is Monday, January 23rd. You can apply at disasterassistance.gov or by using the FEMA app. Well, demolition is expected to begin soon at the Dosher supermarket off of Savannah Highway at the West Ashley Station Shopping Center. Phase two for the project began in the beginning of summer, and the next step is pre-construction. Anna Harris tells us what people can expect once construction is over. City officials say this space behind me could soon be filled by a lot of service-oriented shops, including insurance and dental companies, office spaces, and even restaurants. However, the officials say there's not currently a list of what kind of companies will be coming here specifically. Robert Summerfield, the director of planning, preservation, and sustainability for the city of Charleston, says the developers have completed the design review board process, the technical review committee process, and now need to apply for a demolition permit. He says most commercial construction generally takes 18 to 24 months, and the timeline of when this project is expected to be finished is currently unknown. Summerfield says the developers are in charge of how quickly they want this project to move forward. To clarify, the shops on the Doshers IGA side of the Whole Foods will be demolished. None of the shops on the other side of the Whole Foods will be because those were a part of the phase one half of the project. 
Summerfield says hopefully these new options will fulfill the needs that are not currently being met in this area. In West Ashley, Anna Harris, Live 5 News. A North Charleston Recreation Center is going to look a lot different pretty soon. This is after North Charleston City Council approved a $26 million project for a new gym and pool at the Danny Jones Recreation Complex. The city's mayor, Keith Summy, shared this video on Facebook. You can see some of that work is already underway. The Danny Jones Complex will have new tennis courts, a roller rink, and a multi-purpose field. No word yet on when that project is set to be complete. Well, today, the city of Charleston is holding a public hearing for the proposed upzoning of a property on Johns Island. The change would increase the property's capacity to allow for a proposed townhouse apartment complex. Molly McBride spoke with the city official. She has more information on that. Good morning, Molly. Good morning, Aisha. The proposed upzoning would allow the property to permit 160 multifamily units compared to the 128 single-family units it's currently zoned for. It would also add conservation areas to protect wetlands. The property in question is a little over 60 acres located along Southwick Drive, which is right near the intersection of Southwick Drive and Maybank Highway. I spoke to Robert Summerfield, the Director of Planning, Preservation and Sustainability for the City of Charleston, who tells me the proposed 160-unit multifamily complex is relatively compact, which has allowed developers to devote almost half of the property into a conservation district. It is in line with the comprehensive plan um, that Council has adopted and is consistent uh, with the principles there for you know, building on land that's higher, reserving land that's lower for um, conservation in, in, in marsh areas. One local advocacy group, the Johns Island Advocate, is urging Johns Islanders to submit public comment and attend today's hearing against the proposed upzoning, citing environmental and traffic concerns. Today's City Council meeting is at 5 p.m. at City Hall, which is at 80 Broad Street. For more information, you can head over to Live5News.com and click on this web story. Reporting live in downtown Charleston, I'm Molly McBride, Live 5 News. Thanks for listening to Morning, y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at Live5News.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.